Abundance of love, abundance of grace. Now to that cross, you took my place. Oh God, you paid my ransom. My ransom. Abundant Life Christian Fellowship Church. Loving God, loving people. Now, here's Pastor Scott. In 2 Peter chapter 1, verse 5, the Bible says, In view of all this, make every effort to respond to God's promises. Supplement your faith with a generous provision of moral excellence and moral excellence with knowledge. I want to speak to you this morning from a sermon titled, Make Every Effort. Pray with me. God, thank you for making an effort for us. Thank you for all that you've done for us, God. Thank you for allowing us to wake up today, for giving us life, for giving us breath, God, for giving us a place to come and gather. Lord, I pray now that you would anoint me to say the things that you'd have me to say, and I ask you to heal, save, deliver, transform mold, shape, encourage, add, and strengthen in this place. In Jesus' name, amen. Make every effort. Put the verse back on the screen for me, Deacon. In view of all this, the scripture says, make every effort. We're going to look at making some effort this morning, and I want to start off by telling you, that is not popular. If you went, if, if your kids went to school, if they go to school, uh, the next time school meets, and the teacher says, today we're going to make lots of effort in our class. Kids are rolling their eyes, throwing their books. Ah! They're all upset. Why? Because immaturity does not like effort. Do I need to say that again? Immaturity does not like effort. If you have a team and you are a coach. Coach Green could tell you about this. Coach Green, he, he coaches lots of people in coaching for a long time. And there are people who despise practice, but then there are other people who are just gym rats who want to be in the gym. Let's go. See, this is mature people. These are people who have bought into the process, and they're like, I'm in it to win it. I'm here for the effort. I'm not just here to sit in a gym and stay fat and lazy. I'm here to get my sweat on and get it in. Now, obviously, I ain't talking about in the natural. I'm talking about in the spiritual. When you come to think about God, you ought to come with, with an attitude and a determination that says, I'm here to make an effort. I'm here, to, I'm here to get something. I'm not just here passe, blase. I'm not just here like these other people. I'm here to get what God has for me, and I'm willing to put the work in. Ah, we, we, I, I told you that the theme that God gave me for 2019 is take massive action. Say that with me. Take massive action. It's too easy to take baby steps. And I, and I know I've talked about baby steps and goal setting before, and there's a time and a place for that. But I think that time and place was 1999 uh, or 2005 or whenever I last preached it because I think that we're so late in the game of life that and, and most of us if we if you'd be honest you're not where you need to be 
You got, we've all got a long way to go. And listen, if a team, we're in the playoffs right now. We're in the playoffs. Chiefs looking good over there. Uh, they back, back up on their game. We're in the playoffs. And uh, if people are excited about football, listen, if your team is down by 30 and there's six minutes left in the game, hey, let's don't be punting the ball anymore, okay? Uh, it, it's four-down territory at that point. I don't care if it's fourth and 37 inside your five. You better dial up a play that can get you 38, okay? It, it, if, if you have lost all 14 rounds of a boxing match and you're really serious about winning that belt, you come out in that 15th round, you know the only way you can win is with a knockout, it's time to let your hands go, Christian. It's time to let it fly. It's time to get in it, to win it, and to make some real effort to be what God called you to be. Too many people sitting back, well, I'm just waiting, you know. As soon as my children graduate from high school, I'm really going to focus on the Lord. Listen, let me, let me tell you, uh, if... Everybody doesn't get these calls that I get. Everybody, I mean, we all at some point do. And the older you get, it seems they come more often. But, man, this has been a week of lots of people dying that I know. And by lots, I say three. Um, and that, that's, that, that's a lot. I can remember being 37 years old when we started this church. Uh, 30, yeah, just before I turned 38, 37 years old. And everybody in the church was then, and many still are now, five to ten years either side of me. Uh, so I'm, I'm 55. A lot of people in this church are between 45 and 65 in that general range. Um, when, I, when I started, we were all young. We put together a hospital visitation ministry. Wasn't nobody in the church 40. Nobody was sick. They weren't blowing out hips and hamstrings, and there, there wasn't no. We we put together a, 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 a assisted living facility ministry. We had one person for the first ten years in the history of our church uh, in an assisted living facility. But now, as I'm getting older, as the church, so we started praying. We literally started praying. God, please send us some gray-haired folk. Now look at y'all. Tell me, God, don't answer prayer. Uh, we started praying for God to send us some older people that had wisdom, that were seasoned, that were mature in the Lord, that knew how to get together and pray and serve and believe and, and, and let use their spiritual gifts. Uh, and now uh, we, we're seeing more people uh, die. We're seeing more people have, have needs than ever. As, as I'm getting older, I'm seeing it. But uh, just this week I had two friends of mine. Uh, the uh, one that I went to high school with, uh, that I, I was in Bible college the same time he was in Bible college. We were both licensed at the same church. Uh, we both taught Sunday school in the same church. When he took his first and only pastorate, uh, I went and taught Sunday school for him. Uh, a, a wonderful, just great, godly, humble, one of the holiest men I've ever met, one of the deepest men I've ever known. Pastor Rich McRae passed away this week. Uh, and that, that was tough because, I mean, he, we, we went to high school together. He, he ain't all the way old. 
But, but Rich has some physical challenges throughout his life. He's, he spent over 40 years battling Crohn's disease, and the last few years of his life battled cancer. And uh, so, so that was tough. And uh, Don uh, Crutch died this past week. We had his funeral here yesterday. I appreciate everybody that, that worked to uh, help with that funeral. Um, and some of y'all don't know Don. He, he'd been uh, at our church even back on Blanding, but he was the pink tie guy. He started an organization to get men to wear pink ties during Cancer Awareness Month for breast cancer. And while everybody was wearing pink ribbons, Don was going around getting men to wear pink ties to support uh, our sisters in uh, uh, breast cancer awareness. And he passed and left, left behind a wife and a family. Uh, Rich passed, le left behind a wife and a family. Um, then yesterday I got the call uh, that another man that I went to school with, uh, went to, uh, he came up in Ed White a couple years after me. He was uh, a few years younger than me, two, three years younger than me. Um, but we were at Westside Baptist Church together. Me, him, and Rich were all together 35 years ago uh, together at this church. And what's wild about his passing is that just about a month ago, uh, he started coming here. And... He said he was looking for a church, a working church, to get more involved instead of just sitting in a big church listening to sermons. He wanted to come and, and, and really get deeper in his faith. Some, some of y'all might not have noticed him. I don't know how you couldn't. He's about six foot four, tall, uh, skinny, lanky, 52-year-old uh, white dude would sit right around there. Uh, and um, I just saw him last Sunday. He came up to me and said, What's the process on getting clothes to food and clothing? Because uh, I, I got a bunch of clothes I want to bring up here. And um, he was excited to be in church. Uh, he was excited about being here and us reconnecting and him growing in his faith. And then uh, I, I believe it was uh, Friday. Uh, him and his father were riding downtown Jacksonville. It's on the Jacksonville website, news websites, all over local news. Uh, him and his father were riding together in a car, and they got in an accident, and they both died in a car wreck. Uh, his brother uh, came up from Tennessee yesterday to deal with all this. Imagine getting a phone call, your sibling and your parent at the same time. And his brother came up yesterday, looking for somebody in the office. He saw Dina, uh, and uh, he just... You know, it was up to him. He had to identify as his dad and his brother, and he saw Gottlieb's Bible uh, in the car, and it had our bulletin in it. So he wanted to come by and make sure the people that at the church his brother was going to knew that his brother had passed. So, I mean, there, there, there's, there's tough weeks. There's tougher weeks. Uh, but I'm going to keep telling you all, as long as God gives me breath, uh, good days, bad days, happy days, and sad days, God is worthy to be praised. Amen? We We... we you see, the scripture says that we, we, we don't sorrow as others who have no hope. It's okay to be sorrowful about some things that cause sorrow, but not like other folk. See, because <clears throat> I believe that, that the, the, these, these three men had put faith in Christ and are rejoicing in heaven right now. Uh, but, but it doesn't change the fact that... Uh, 2019 is going to be, in many ways, like every other year, there's going to be some good things happening. There's going to be some bad things happening. And there's going to be some people that 
change, and there's going to be some people that sit still. You get to decide which one of those you want to be. Do you want to grow and be better? Do you want to stay stuck where you've been? Or do you just want to backslide all the way off to where you don't even think about God anymore? This is, these are the things that are going to happen to people in 2019 because it happens every year. We got good things happening. We got bad things happening. Uh, I told you all we've already had miracles. We've had very light attendance in our prayer time together. Come out this week, 7 o'clock, not tonight, 6 o'clock. Every night other than Sunday, 7 o'clock, come out and pray with us. We are believing God for great and extraordinary things. We have lots of needs as a church. We have lots of needs as a community. We are determined to be God's hands and feet, to meet the needs of this community for God's glory, to see God transform our world by the power of his love. I was sitting in the office with our church administrator, Deacon Dixon, Friday, everything was getting put together for food and clothing. We were talking about some needs. We were trying to put together a strategy because one of the things that we are seeing, our food and clothing ministry continues to grow. Yesterday was the largest day in the history ever. Uh, we, we finally broke uh, over 1,000 people served yesterday through our food and clothing ministry in one day. 260 families got family boxes yesterday representing over 1,000 people, biggest day we've ever had. But I said 260 people uh, got big family, what? Boxes. We used to get boxes given to us, but lately we've been having to buy them. And so we were sitting down. Uh, I was sitting with Dean, the church administrator, Deacon Dixon. And uh, he goes around trying to scavenge boxes for us, get boxes. We are talking about how we could get more boxes, talked about some strategy. Ultimately, that's the kind of stuff you put on a prayer list because we're spending about $10,000 a year on boxes to give food away. Makes it tough to give stuff away when you start getting five-digit expenses just to give it away. We, we've played with different ideas, make them bring their, food, make them bring their box back because a lot of times same people show up, and that's okay. But uh, we tried to get people to bring their boxes back, and they forget, bring them back, rip, wet, tore up, don't bring them. Uh, you can't turn people away that need food, amen? I don't believe in churches that don't give away food. Why wouldn't a church give away food when Jesus commanded us to feed the hungry? And, and there's so much need. Uh, you, people love to go. If we, if we put together a mission trip, and we've done this, if we put together a mission trip, uh, and we were going to fly out. Man, I remember when y'all flew out, where, where, where was it, to Belize. Everybody was so excited. They were just thrilled. Uh, going, going to help poor. You don't have to fly to Central America to find poor people. You don't have to go to Botswana to find hungry children. Do you know there's starving children and women and men in this country? Not just in this country, in this city, in this community. Uh, we, I thank God we're giving away food. But at a $10,000 a year clip, almost $1,000 a month, buying boxes, and then you got to, you know, open the boxes, fold them right, stuff them. Uh, we, we just... We're like, oh, man, we got to come up with something because I want this thing to keep growing. And what if it doubles? Then we're spending then $2,000 a month in boxes. And I'm believing God for it to continue to grow. And so we, we just pray, you know, God, we need your help. So yesterday uh, we had Don's funeral here. And the funeral home people showed up. 
and they start talking to the, to the people working here, and they got in a conversation with Dina Mills uh, and talking about, wow, man, there looks like a lot of ministry going on here. And uh, Dina shared with them about the food because the place was packed, crowd everywhere, and they're like, oh, wow. Uh, I, I want to go home and get some clothes right now, and we're going to start some canned food drive at, at Harden Gidding Funeral Home, and we, we're going to tell our other, uh, uh, all our other locations that, you know, there's God's people out there helping folk. And Dina told them what we really need is some boxes, and they said, well, we got tons of boxes. Listen, I, I already said it. I said it last night in prayer. I hope they don't, because they said, oh, well, you know, we get urns shipped in all the time. We just got boxes at every location. I'm hoping these boxes won't say handle with care urns inside. People carrying it. Deacon Dixon be carrying food out for people. Hey, listen. I don't, if they say Hardy's Giddens on the side of them, and, and, because I told Dina and Cedric Friday, I said, what we need is more partnerships with different businesses in the community that want to start blessing us to be a blessing to other people. And, and amen. And, and this is what they said. We won't just, we won't just uh, give you our boxes. Uh, we will tell every location. They got all dozens. It's hard to get it's everywhere. They said, we'll tell all of our uh, to, to get boxes over here. So I hope, I pray God that this miracle manifests and we have an end. Listen, to, we're already saving money by buying this place over renting it. Now we're going to save $1,000 a month off boxes. Hallelujah. Uh, God is just doing great things. Dina told him, oh, well, just let us know when we can pick them up. They're like, pick them up? What? We got vans and trucks. We'll just deliver them. We'll drop them off to you. The Bible says the blessing of the Lord make you rich and add no sorrow to it. You don't even have to go out of your way to get it. So good stuff is happening. I want good stuff to happen to you. Listen, but it takes something to get something. Christianity is not a lay back and wait on it religion. It's a you reap what you sow religion. It's about go plant something so you can reap something. And we're, 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 we're in this season of taking massive action and as I look around and what's happening in the body of Christ uh, there's a group of people calling themselves Christians that are trying to hijack sound doctrine with the love lie this love lie rears its head every few decades in Christianity and and whether it was the orgies of the first century or the uh, sex drugs and rock and roll of the 60s, now this love life. Listen, I believe in love. I believe that Christianity is a love story about a God who loves his children so much he sent his son to come and die for us. But there's a group of people out there that just want to say, it's, stop, stop with all this other stuff. It's just about love. We just need to love everybody, accept everybody, tolerate everybody, co-sign on any level of foolishness, just, just take whatever, raise up no standard. Listen, that's not Christianity. Christianity is about love, but it's also about repentance. It's also about holiness. It's also about, listen, if you're reading the book of the month right now, it's also about raising up my Ebenezer and having a standard. It's about, it's about putting, putting forth something that God can bless 
and honor. And, and the, there's people, listen, I, it just blows my mind. We got people that left this church. They're going to churches now where just anything goes, just, just no nothing being lived out. And they're saying it's all about love while they're sitting around houses getting drunk together. Hey, I'm going to tell you, it's about love, but there's more to it than that. Can somebody say amen? Uh, this false love that just has no, no real doctrine at all. Listen, that's not Christianity. That's hippieism. And that's what hippies want, a love in. Let's just sit around in the mud, play some music we like. Let's all get high together and just love each other. That, that's how these cults get started. I'm going to leave it alone. But I want to tell you something. I, I am not a perfect man, and I am not the standard, but I know a perfect man, and I know the standard. And as long as I have breath, I'm going to be talking about a real God from this real book. Amen. Let's get into the message this morning. We're thinking about massive action. I, I, I want us to take massive action so that we can grow in knowing more about this great God we say we know. You, you see, the more you know somebody, the more you can love them or stop loving them. Isn't that right? You see, that, uh, so many people are trying to get back. I have people tell me all the time, Pastor, I just wish I could get back to how excited I was when I first met God. That, that puppy love, that new young love, I understand that that's exciting, but, but I, I love, what, what, what was my man's name? Uh, what, what, brother Bernie Mac. I love what Bernie Mac said in that movie where the white boy was dating his daughter. Uh, Ashton Kutcher. What was that movie? Guess who's coming to dinner? And... and Bernie Mac, he told him, he was trying to scare the dude off from marrying his, 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 his black daughter because he wasn't sure about this white dude. And, and Bernie Mac told him, y'all make me sick. He said, all oh, that hugging and kissing and smiling in each other's face. Y'all think y'all in love? Y'all don't even know what love is. That's just, that's just new love. That's young love. That's puppy love. Real love is hell. It's war. It's fighting and clawing. It's, it's, it's staying when you want to leave. It's putting up with it when you're tired of putting. Listen, that, hey, that is real life right there. And I, I see, but that's what happens when people, you, the more you get to know them, listen, if you pick the right one, check. I've been in this for a long time. I've been in life for a long time. I've been in ministry for a long time. I've seen people say the family that prays together stays together. Well, it helps, but I've seen praying families split up. I've heard people say if God's in it, it'll last. Well, that helps, but I've seen God in it, but it didn't last. Uh, listen, I want to give you my own personal opinion. Hear me good. The key to having a relationship that lasts is picking the right person in the beginning. If you get the right one, the more you know about them, the more you're going to love them. I, I, I know there are people. Uh, we, we got people like, like Deacon Ken and Diane. We got people like, like Deacon Scott and, and Dina Mills. We got, we got people that, that are been married 30 years, 40 years longer, that the more they've been together, the more they've learned about each other, they're more in love now than they've ever been. And you ought not to want to just get back to where you were with God. You ought to want to learn more about him so you can love him more and grow deeper in love 
with God. This is what we're going to be talking about in 2019. We're going to jump into it this morning. Before, though, we can grow in our love for God, before we can grow in knowing more about God so we have more to love Him for, we have to first come alive to God. I believe the reason why so many people in church are sad, depressed, miserable, and defeated is because they've never truly been born again. They've convinced themselves that they need to get right with God, as in go uh, rededicate. A lot of times people used to walk aisles in old churches and they come forward. Some come forward to get saved. Others come forward to rededicate. I've had people come forward and say, Pastor, I just want to come today, rededicate my life to Jesus. And I'm just, that, I'm just that guy, you know, I'm just different. And I look at them in their crying eyes with snot running down their nose. I just want to rededicate my life to Jesus. And I'm like, to rededicate means to go back to where you were with Christ. I've known you for a long time. You ain't never been right with God in your life. You want to go back to the misery you've been living? Why don't you just forget about rededicating? And why don't you just get real salvation, get changed from the end? Fall in love with God, get a Holy Ghost conversion uh that that get real faith say faith see everything in christianity is about faith it starts with faith the bible says that it's impossible to please god without faith because faith is what pleases god christianity is a by faith religion say faith listen to what the scripture says uh, uh, about faith ephesians 2 8 9 says we're saved by faith romans 1 17 says we live by faith Acts 5, uh, 15, 9 says that our hearts have been purified by faith. Acts 26, 18 says we're sanctified by faith. Romans 3, 28 says we're justified by faith. Romans 5, 2 says we have access to God by, guess what? Faith. 2 Corinthians 5, 7 says we walk by what? Faith. Galatians 3, 26 says we're the children of God by what? Faith. Ephesians 3, 17 says that Christ dwells in our hearts by what? faith christianity is a by faith life you got to have faith in god let me let me give you a couple quick quotes that i love dr king said faith is taking the first step even when you don't see the the whole staircase see that's faith that's faith that that that's faith. i heard i heard charles stanley say one time uh Here's what faith was, this picture he had. It's like if God tells you to duck your head and run straight into that wall, uh, you believe that either a hole will open up or God will wake you up in heaven when you bash your head. (laughs) Faith is different than sight. Faith believes what it can't see. Faith believes in the absence of logic. That's why I say when you can't figure it out, you got to faith it out. If if you're one of those intellectual people, well, I just need to understand it before I can embrace it. Uh, I I, I got a recommendation for you. Pack light. Hell's going to be a long trip. If, If you can't accept God by faith, if you study the Bible, nowhere in this Bible does God defend his existence. Nowhere in this Bible does God try to convince of his existence. God says, accept me by faith and grow to know me or don't accept me at all. Listen to what St. Thomas Aquinas said about faith. To one who has faith, no explanation is necessary. To one without faith, no explanation is possible. 
Think about that with people you try to talk to about God. You don't have to explain God to Holy Ghost people. You got a real brother, sister in Christ, you just say God, and they're like, amen. I didn't even tell uh, amen, but God, hallelujah. They're just like, hey, we're talking about God, a living God, a soul-saving God, a life-changing God, a delivering God. We're talking about a God that wake you up in the morning and put you on your knees at night. You, you people that are faith people, they don't need no whole big explanation. You just say God, and they're like, hallelujah, glory to his name. Ain't he good? And they just go off on, and they're like, can I tell you my story? If you want to, but I got my own story about God. I'll listen to yours, but I'm already excited because you said his name. But you try, you, you can have all your little points closely cropped together. You go to somebody who doesn't have faith, no explanation possible for them. Listen, I want to tell you something. These people that don't believe in God, I, every person, every intellectual person who ever gave an honest look into God became a believer. Scientist after scientist that really studied our, our, everything, um, archaeology, uh, science, it all leads to God. God is the most logical answer for why we're here. Atheists? Who? You want to talk about some people who, who just believe anything. You, you just believe that everything started out of nothing? And the sun keeps coming up and going down and coming up and going down. And planets keep going around and not colliding into anything. And that just happens that way. You believe that the whales and the dolphins showed up together. You just believe that, 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 the, that the sharks and, 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 and the gorilla just, just boom, just came up. Listen, God is real. Can you say amen? See, to, to the person who has faith, I don't need to explain God. They just accept God by what? To the person with no faith, I mean, you can talk yourself blue, and they're not going to get it. That's why some people in this room just need to give up on trying to understand stuff. Give up on trying to be a better person. Give up on trying to read your scripture and just say, you know what? I just want to put real faith in God and let God have his way anyhow. That's what real Christianity is about. It all starts with God it all by faith faith is required there's a lot of people that talk about being in a faith movement there are a lot of people that talk about God wanting to see the manifestation of God wanting God to come down and to show up to show up and to show out to to do something in a clear and visible way and I want to tell you something I want that too I want God to show up here when we have church. I want God to show up in my house when I wake up. I want God to show up in my house when I go to sleep. I want God to do something fantastic. But I want to share with you again something God told me years ago about his manifestation and his showing up. And I wrote it down and I saved it so I could pull it back up. And I put it in quotations even on my own note sheet today. Here's what God told me. I know you want me to do something special. I know you want me to manifest. Then he said, but I want you to manifest first. Because if I show up first, it won't require any faith on your part. I would just be rewarding nothing. He said he's a rewarder of those who believe in him and diligently seek him. Faith is what moves God. We're sitting back waiting on God to show up. God's waiting on us to show up. 
You want God to show up? Be here tonight at 6 o'clock. See what happens. Oh, we don't like that. Pastor, that sounds like a whole lot. Yeah, what that is, that's massive action. You want more, you got to do more. You, you want to grow? Listen, you, you want to grow? I, I, I can tell you this. What makes muscles grow? You, you, you got you to put it under what, Jake? Stress. You, 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 you got to put time and tension on it. You, you got to strain and stress it for it to grow. Faith can grow. Say grow. We're going to look at how to grow faith, but I want you to know God, everybody's sitting back looking for God to do something. God already did something at Calvary. That ought to motivate you to go next. Do something for God to bless in 2019. We, we need to move in a higher level of faith because faith is what moves God. I want to tell you something about faith. Faith requires expectation. Real faith is shown through expectation. Expectation is the outward manifestation of an internal faith. If you say you have faith without expectancy, you have deceived yourself. If you say that you're a faith person, but you don't have a large level of expectancy, you have deceived yourself. You say, what are you talking about, Pastor? Well, let me put it to you this way. If you say that you're believing God for this or that, that you have faith in God to do something for you, for somebody you care about, but you don't have a high level of expectancy, I don't believe your faith is real. If I ask you right now, what do you expect God to do for you this year? I make it easier. What do you expect God to do for you today? Well, I'm just believing for, for lots of things. What? Let's move past what you say you're believing for and let's talk about what you're expecting. See, because expectation is the proof text of faith. Jesus went to people when he was walking this planet and he asked them, what do you want me to do for you? And people would tell him stuff and he'd be like, if you can believe it, you can receive it. He said, according to your faith, be it unto you. What, what do you believe in God for? Now, see, people are taking this faith message and mixed it up and started thinking, oh, well, if I can just believe strong enough. No, that's faith in faith. Jesus said, have faith in God. Faith has to have an object. Faith has to have an object, and that object is God. But I want you to understand this. Look at what's on the screen. Faith can grow. Say grow. If you have faith, remember what Jesus said, if you got just a small bit of faith, uh, you can move mountains. It, but it's not faith in faith, it's faith in God. When you start believing in God, you'll start expecting stuff from God. You, you'll not just start believing that God can, and you'll and you start believing that God will. You'll move from believing that God will to seeing God do, and that's what we need. We need to get past believing that God can. We need to get past believing that God will. We need to be walking, watching, believing, manifesting, expecting, and receiving. That's when you're going to get excited about the move of God in your life. Faith can grow, but biblical faith has to have an object, and that object is God. I wonder how much faith you have in God. Let's get into our text in 1 Peter chapter 1. We'll start in verse 1 and try to pull some things out of Scripture this morning that'll make sense. Peter said in 2 Peter 1.1, 1, 1, this letter is from Simon Peter, comma. Always pause on the punctuation. 
Now, he is identifying the writer. But the words are coming from someone else. Do you believe that? The Bible says that holy men spake as they were moved by God's Spirit. So Peter wrote this letter. He wants these people to know this. Uh, now, here, here's the cool thing about Peter. Peter had a faith that grew. If you study the life of Peter, now the Bible says we have these stories, for example, so that we can grow. Think about Peter. Peter at one time was a big mouth buffoon. Peter at one time was the, the typical open mouth insert foot. Peter was the guy who was always getting corrected. Jesus, took, Jesus looked at Peter making a big claim. He said, get behind me what? Get on out of here, devil. That's what he said to Peter. Peter grew from a coward who denied Jesus to a little girl by a fire to the man that God used to preach on Pentecost and have 3,000 people get saved, the man that God used to write this portion of Scripture. Peter's faith grew. Say grow. He said, this from me, this from Peter. Y'all know me. I'm a slave and an apostle of Jesus Christ. Now, obviously, because of the great sin of this country, of slavery in this country, the slavery has such a horrible and should have a bad connotation when you talk about slavery in this country. But Peter was glad to be a slave of Jesus. Because his concept of slavery, and this is where the Muslims lie on Christianity. They say Christianity is the oppressor's religion because it promotes slavery. Christianity does not promote slavery human to human. Christianity promotes total dependence on Christ. And it talks about slavery because there was slavery even thousands of years ago. There's always been tribe conquering tribe taking the victor to get the spoils. But he said, I am a willing slave of Jesus Christ. I want to tell you something today. Everybody's somebody's slave. You just got to decide whose you are. Some people are slave to the drug demon. Some people are slave to the alcohol demon. Some people are a slave to their own desires. Other people have decided if I'm going to serve somebody, I want to serve the highest king there is. I want to serve the greatest master that there is. I want the real one and true God to go. And that's what Peter had found. He said, I'm writing to you who share the same precious faith we have. He's including himself. He's talking about the early Christians of the first century. And he's writing to those who share. This. Listen, there's some people in this room that this word is for. Because we have the same faith they had. We have received. We share the same precious faith that the apostles had. He said this faith, this real faith, this precious faith, this soul saving faith, life-changing, delivering faith was given to you because of the justice and fairness of Jesus Christ, our God and Savior. I want to tell you something. If you have real faith, you have a faith that was given. Say give. Real faith has been given. Christians, truly people who are going to make heaven their home, they understand that the faith that they have was given to them by God. It wasn't that we were smart enough that we decided to choose God. He said he loved us before we loved him. He chose us before we chose him. He gave us faith to believe. If you're a Christian, you ought to thank God for allowing you to believe in him. Because faith is a gift. Faith is a gift that has been 
given to us. And it says, this faith was given to you because you're good, hard-working people that pay tithes and offerings and go to Abundant Life Christian Fellowship. That's not what it says. You, you weren't given this faith because of anything that you did. We were given this faith because of the justice and fairness of Jesus Christ. Jesus paid it all, all to him I owe. Sin had left a crimson stain, he washed it white as snow. I want you to know that if you have salvation at all, it was a gift that God gave you, the ability to believe in his justice and in his fairness and in him as a Savior. Verse 2, he went on and said, Here's where we get to the meat. Listen, he said, may God give you more and more grace and peace. May God give. Now listen, if, if somebody's saying God may do something, you need to understand what? He may not. Now when it comes to the concept of God giving me something, I want it. Anybody else? Can you say you want it? You want what God has for you? Listen to what God has for you. I know you want God to pay your light bill and your rent. You want God to get you a new car and a new house and all. Listen, here's what God wants to give to us. He wants to give us more and more grace, more and more peace. I want to tell you something. I take grace over money. Because if I got God's grace on my life, I, I can get money. I, I take grace over peace because if I got God's peace on my life, I can get up and go to work and make money. People get their idea focused on the wrong stuff. What we really need is grace. Grace is the supernatural enabling of God, the power of God on your life that enables you to be and to do all that he's called you to be and to do. You need God's grace on your life. You need God to give you not just grace, but more grace. Not just more grace, but more and more grace. I want you to know it's there. Say it's there. It's available. God has it. He can give it. It says he gives it in measure. He can give it, he give a little. He can give a lot. I need a lot. Anybody with me on this this morning? I need a lot. I need grace and I need, I'm convinced that the one thing that most people need, I know me for sure. Uh, it's just three nights of decent sleep. If you could just have three nights where you went to sleep, I laid down last night early. I actually laid down before midnight, fell asleep reading, woke up at at 12.08, ain't been back to sleep since. Uh, I I know for sure, if I could just have three days where nothing went wrong, where nobody bothered me, where, where there was no crisis, where there was no event that needed my immediate attention, and I could just get three, listen, y'all, y'all say, well, you just went on vacation. Y'all, 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 when you get old enough, you realize you go on vacation, you need a vacation from that vacation. Amen. You need to come back and say, look, now y'all leave me alone for a few days. I need to sleep in my bed and get rested up. You need to get to the place where you desire God's grace on your life and peace for your mind. That's what we need. We need this. And and the apostles praying for God to to give it to you, not grace and peace. And, And here's how it comes. You get more and more grace and peace as you what? So if you're not growing, guess what you're not getting? You got no grace. You got no peace. You got no power of God on your life. You have no peace of God on your life. So you just frazzle mess trying to do it on your own. 
That's why marriages fall apart. That's why health falls apart. That's why minds fall apart because we're not operating under the grace and the peace of God. We're not operating in the power of God's spirit. We're not allowing the joy of the Lord to be our strength. Whatever we're doing, we're trying to do the best we can. What we need to do is give up on the best we can and take the best heaven has for us and let God give us more and more grace and peace but this comes only as you grow in your knowledge uh, some of y'all wondering why you're miserable because you're not growing you wonder why you have no anointing on your life because you're not growing you wonder why your money won't add up because you're not growing you wonder why everybody's stressing you sweating you bothering you and you want to pull what little bit of hair you got left out listen they're going to start making weave for white dudes Make it easier, wouldn't it, Mr. C? Uh, yeah. We need grace and peace. But if you're not growing, there's your reason. You do not, listen, I want to save you. It, it has gone up now over 300. It stayed steady at about 285, 295 an hour for a long time. Uh, real counseling, real Christian counseling. About, well, about 200 now, now it's up to about 350 an hour. I'm going to say you $350 for an hour of counseling right now. You don't even have to go back to the counselor at all to get your mind together. Start growing in your knowledge of God, and he will give you more grace, and he'll give you more peace. You can get off them drugs. You can stop taking anxiety medicine. You can, you can stop taking Z-Quil and, and, and melatonin and whatever else. You, you can get your mind together. You say, Pastor, well, you've been up all night. I've been all up all night excited about preaching this message. So, because I know that God is going to do something not just in your life. I'm happy for you, but I'm ecstatic for me. Listen, listen to what the word says in verse 4. He says, and because of his glory and excellence, he has given us great and precious promises. Now, there's an us factor here that I want to see can you fit into. Now, I hope you fit into the us that is saved. But how, are, are you in the us that believes that his promises are great and precious. See, some of us believe that his promises are great and precious. I, I want you to know, I have very few people in my life that ever communicate with me just on, I'm excited about what, I'm just so excited about what I just read. God is blowing me away right now. His word is great. It's all, I have very few people in my life, but I thank God for them, and I, I'm, I'm taking applications. You need to get on that list of people, not that communicate with me, but that fit into this us factor that I believe his promises are great. They're precious. They're precious and great. They're great and they're precious. If you don't believe in God's book being great, if you don't believe in God's promises being precious, you're going to have no grace on your life. You're going to have no peace on your life. You're not going to have God's glory, God's excellence. You're not going to be growing. But it says these are the promises that enable you to share his divine nature. Stop. There's, there's, there's no comma, there's no punctuation there, but there's an and there, so this is going to stand alone. These great and precious promises, in a, do you realize God wants you to be a partaker of his divine nature? See, this is where Christianity comes alive. Too many people have never felt the all-powerful God on the inside. Too many people have never felt the, the all-powerful God all up in here. 
all up in here and all down to here. Too many people have never, it's just church for them. It's just I'm trying to get there, but I don't know why these people act like they're so excited. I don't really believe he takes all that. Oh, Jesus. Ah. Well, you just ain't there. But you ought to want to be there. You ought to want to be to the place where you're sharing, where his divine nature is flowing through you. This, this is real Christianity. This is beyond church. This is real Christianity where you actually partake in his divine nature. Uh, so much so that you escape the world's corruption caused by the devil and them sorry politicians. That's not what it says. Escape the world's corruption caused by human desires. In this room, there's, there's uh, I'm not even sure who red people are. They sing that song, red and yellow, black and white. I can get red if I talk too much and be out in the sun. I'll let it be me. But we got white people, black people, brown people. We got Hispanic people in this room right now, whatever, whatever else you want to uh, claim your, yourself as. But all those people, men, women, listen, you can't identify as nothing else than that. Are you alive? Well, I identify as bi a non-binary. You're a fool. Well, I'm gender fluid. No, you've been lied to. Look in the mirror. Uh, but everybody in this room, no matter what you consider yourself, uh, you are a human. And we all as humans have desires that bring about corruption. But I want to tell you this morning, if you'll allow God to give you more and more grace and peace, if you will see his promises as precious and great, if you will allow yourself to become a partaker and share in his divine nature, you can get away from, are you ready? Not the man who be keeping me down. Not, not, not them Republicans and them Democrats, not them socialists and them capitalists, not, not the law, not, not, not my boss or my ball and chain. You can get away. Are you ready for it? You can get away from the mess that is you. See, there's honest people and there's fools. That's what the Bible says. There, there's, truth, there's truth tellers and there's liars. And, and the truth tellers will admit, uh, I don't need the devil messing with me. I'm messed up all by myself. I don't need no help doing bad. I do bad all by myself. I, 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 so people want to say, oh, it's, it's everything that the devil's doing. No, it's what we want to do. It's what we want to do. Do you know what's in the heart? The Bible says the heart is so wicked you can't even imagine. Do you know there are people in this room right now? That, 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 that have just constant thoughts of whoremongering, gambling, fornicating, adultering, getting drunk, getting high, quitting God, running out on who they're with, finding somebody new, finding three or four people new, all at the same time. Listen, in church, yes. Why? Because there is corruption in the human desire. Well, not me. I'm saved, sanctified fire baptized Jesus name I hope you are you're still human and the scripture says we have this treasure in these earthen bodies we we we, we are broken and cracked and and we need to listen I would love to escape everything going on all up in this area right here and you need to escape that too so you can get all that God 
has for you. Look at verse 5. Now we're going to see how, how we get there. It says, in view of all this, comma, I love that. That's one of those therefore. That's because of everything I just said. In view of all that, here's what you should do. Make every effort. Remember the title of the scripture? Make every, or the title of the message, make every effort to respond to God's promises. If I had a, 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 a truth-o-meter, I, I'd love just to start with Alex hanging on his neck, work all the way around the room, back to uh, Chief Deacon Scott Mills, and I'd just love to. He's not a chief deacon. He's a retired chief and a deacon, just for all those of y'all. You got your head in the way. Uh, I want to see on a truth-o-meter, if I just started right there, I just put the microphone right in Alex's mouth. Are you making every effort to do everything God has said for you to do? Bam. Yes or no? And then I get to you, and I, because the scripture says, to, uh, to, if, if you are in the us, if you are part of the we, if you're going to make heaven your home, the command is to make every effort. Are you? You're like, Pastor, I'm making every effort to get out of church on time. I got lunch. I got a ball game. I, I'm making every effort to, 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 to what? Listen, make every effort to respond to God's promises. And then it gets into seven things. Say seven. Seven things. I'm going to give them to you. We're going to get out of here. Seven things that the Bible says that you should, this version says supplement. Uh, many other versions say add to. Add to your faith. There are things you need to add to your faith. Everything starts with faith. Faith is assumed. He's talking to Christians, so you have to have faith to be a Christian. You can't be a Christian without biblical faith. So faith is assumed to this group of people. Hopefully it's assumed to you, and there are some things you need to add. Say add. It's add to supplement your faith with, number one thing, a generous provision of moral excellence. That is a lot of words. That means act right. Isn't that just good parenting right there? If your children don't understand act right, take a parenting class and put them in a, ch in a children's class. Why is there parenting and not children's? Things that make me go, hmm. You need to supplement, you need to add to your faith moral excellence. Well, all these hippies that say it's just about love, Oh, well, God's love will get you saved. But if you want to grow, if you want to have some peace, if you want to have some grace on your life, if you want to partake of the divine nature flowing through you, you better go out and find some moral excellence. That's acting right. That's, that, that's doing the right thing. You don't have to know any scripture at all to do right. You know why? Because God said that the, the religious people, the, specifically he was talking about the Jewish people, the church-going people. He said they memorized laws in their head. He said, oh, what I've done for my children, I've written laws in their heart. They don't even have to know the chapter and the verse. They just know whoremongering is wrong. They didn't need the pastor to tell them getting drunk 13 nights in a row ain't God's best plan for your life. You know, if you're really saved, you don't need, much as it might be on your nerves, every time mom or daddy tells you, stop hanging out with Pookie. If you've 
about real salvation, you already know. Pookie ain't trying to help you none. Uh, you know, you, you know these things. You don't need to be a Bible scholar to know how to act right. If you're saved, you have a moral compass on the inside. I had no uh, morals growing up. I didn't. I wasn't raised with morals. I, I didn't have uh, m- much of any of a conscience. Everything I did, I thought, hey, I'm just doing me. And I did some wild stuff. And I, ne- I, never, I didn't feel guilty about it. I didn't think it was abs- absurd. I, I didn't think it should have landed me in jail. I didn't think it should have caused my family to give up on me. I just, you know, I'm just being me. I had no moral excellence on the inside of me, so I couldn't tap into it. Listen, if you're a Christian, there is moral excellence in you. There's a moral compass in you. There's God's spirit in you that will, you ought to be hearing bells and whistles. You about to make the wrong decision? Don't do it, don't do it, don't do it, don't do it. You ought to, you ought to have warning alarms going off in your head. You, 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 you got that, 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 that one friend. Some of y'all got them 12 friends. Uh, uh, listen, they, they, they're trying to lead you off into some cray. You ought to have, nah, I can't. Just say no. Moral excellence. Faith will get you into heaven. But if you want anointing, if you want the the divine nature flowing in you, if you want to partake of the real and living God, if you want to be have grace and peace, you want God's grace on your life to enable you, you 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 got to add to faith. It's not just about faith. It's not just about love. There's stuff to add. One version talks about multiplying. But you have to add stuff in and it starts with moral excellence. Verse 5 says, make every effort to respond to God's promises. Supplement your faith with a generous provision of moral excellence. And, it's other versions put all the words in there. And supplement your faith or and add to moral excellence knowledge. Say knowledge. So not only do you have to add a whole lot of living right, choosing right, making the right choices, you got to add to your faith and to your morality knowledge. Now, it's not talking about understanding how to make a, 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 a diesel engine work. It's not talking about how to understand uh, how, how to make electricity work. It's talking about the knowledge of God because faith is about God. The moral excellence is because of God. This is knowledge is of God. Let me ask you this. Of all the books that were written in the whole world, um, can anybody tell me the book that we should read for knowledge? The Bible. You want to add knowledge? Listen, well, that's why I like to watch documentaries on television. Uh, You trying to learn more knowledge about, you know, uh, how, how big El Chapo's mansions are and how much money he made in the drug trade you're trying to find out can the lion beat the bengal tiger you're trying to find out if the silverback gorilla can beat the elephant i mean those are some cool things to learn i get that but god is telling you if you want to get to where he wants you to be you have to add more knowledge you need to know more about god how much do you really know about god how much do you know about his word how much scripture could you actually talk 
about to somebody if you were given the opportunity to. Verse 6 says, add to knowledge self-control. Say self-control. I've been telling people this for years, and I don't think people really get it. But I know we need God to do lots of stuff for us. I, I do. I need God to do lots of stuff for me. But I told y'all what he told me about I want God to show up. He wants me to show up. I want God to fix some stuff in my life. He wants me to fix some stuff in my life. I want God to control me by his spirit. But you know, you know what he says? And this is, this is also seen in Galatians in the fruit of the spirit. You have to have what kind of control? Well, the devil made me do it. No, you did it yourself. Well, I didn't even think about it before I did it. It's not possible. It all starts in the mind. You thought about it before you said it. Well, it slipped out so fast I didn't even think about it. No, you thought about it. You let it slip out anyhow. Well, I didn't mean to do it. Uh, I was drunk. Hey, let me tell you something about drunk. Drunk just lowers your inhibitions to do what you wanted to do anyway and have something to blame it on. You know, you get dude go out and get these beer goggles on, come home with a gorilla, wake, wake up and like, chew their arm off to get away from that. They're like, well, I was drunk. You wasn't all that drunk. You were just drunk enough to lose self-control. God's going to do a lot for you, Christian. But when it comes to control, you better control yourself. Some of y'all can't talk without being vulgar. Some of y'all can't talk without making innuendo. Some of y'all can't, 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 can't even be around church folk without, without sounding worldly. No self-control. You're easily overthrown. The Bible says if you don't have self-control, you're easier to overthrow than a city without walls. You got to add, you got to add to your faith. You got to add to your morality. You got to add to your knowledge. Self-control. It goes on, it says, and to self-control, add patient endurance. Patient endurance. Now, uh, patience is, is bad enough by itself. Endurance is bad enough by itself. But you throw these things together, you got a whole lot of work. But he said make every effort. This don't come by ease. This don't come by lovey-dovey, hallelujah, let's sing another song. That all has a place. But this comes by hard work. It's tough. Patience. Do you know what patience is developed in? Trials. The trying of your faith worketh patience, the Bible says. Uh, you're like, okay, well, if I'm going to be everything that God's called me to be, I'm going to have to endure through trials. That's the only thing that, yeah, well, I'm just enduring. You know, my team's up by 30. I'm enduring watching this ball game. Oh, my kids all made straight A's again, all A's again. I'm, I'm enduring my children's report card. They're, they're, those aren't things you endure. You endure the other side of life. And the Bible says to do it patiently. Patient endurance ain't holding on while complaining. It's not being bitter but staying in the fight. Well, at least I hadn't given up yet. Well, your attitude gave up. Your patience gave up. You're bitter and negative about it. If you want what God has for you, you got to add to your faith, patient, endurance. Then it says add to that godliness. Now, we've already looked at moral excellence, and some people confuse godliness as behavior that is morality. Some people look at somebody who lives a morally upright life, which God has commanded us to make every effort to do, and say that that's godliness. In this context, because obviously God is holy. The pe people talk about the spirit, the spirit, the spirit. 
Guess what the spirit, guess what the spirit's first name is? Holy Spirit. Uh, so holiness and morality, godliness, holiness, and morality look a lot alike. But in this con- in this context, this Greek word for godliness is an attitude that mirrors the thoughts of God. Did you get that? Think like God. Let thinking like God affect your attitude. See, because the reality is most people fail or succeed based on attitude. Do you get up and go hard? Well, when I feel like it, well, you, you, you're a failure. You're not a champion. You're not ready. You're not ready to go to the next level. You're never, you're never going to win the real trophy. You've been snowflaked out and got too many participation trophies in your life. You, your mama told you you was a winner when you knew you were a loser. You, you ain't ready. See, real, real, real uh, champions have their attitude that says, I'm going all in because. When, when, I, when it hurts, I'm still going all in. When I don't feel like it, I'm still going all in. When, when, when I'd rather not, I'm doing it anyway. Why? Because only cowards quit. Your attitude will affect your altitude. You're only going to rise as high as your attitude allows you to. And some of y'all know, if you had to be honest, your attitude ain't right. Get it right. Start thinking about these things the way God thinks about them and let it impact your attitude. People, some people love to get in their push-ups. Some people love to get in their exercise. Other people dread it. The people that love it don't love it just for loving its sake. They've convinced themselves of that, but what they love is the result. They, they love the process because they believe in the process. If you love God and you believe in His process, you're going to let His attitude start shaping your attitude. And then you're going to see things a different way. Amy Grant sang years ago a song called uh, My Father's Eyes, and she was praying in the song that she would see people the way God sees people. You need to see things the way God sees things. You need to see opportunity the way God sees opportunity. You need to see trial the way God sees trial. You need to see victory the way God sees victory. You need to see success the way God sees success. This is what it's talking about. you got to add to your faith an attitude that reflects the thoughts of God. It says add to your godliness brotherly affection. Now, this is where Christianity gets hard for me. I'm okay with all of them, other, them, other, them, them five things there because that's all about God. I'm good with God. I love the Lord. Loving God is easy. God never let me down. God, God never to, took me. Here's the thing. Pray none of your children ever pastor. Pray God don't ever call you into pastor. Let me tell you, I may just give you one little glimpse of pastor, and then, and then, I'll, then I'll finish, wrap this up. I've been for years meeting with people to try to help them because they asked me to. I ain't never called anybody and said, hey, what you doing Thursday? You want to come in for a counseling session? I ain't never offered that to nobody. Pastor, I need to come see you. I'm going through some stuff. I just really need to get your help. I really, could, could you make some time? Uh, yeah. Uh, can, can you come by uh, Tuesday, Thursday, or Friday? But between two and four. Oh no, I don't get off work till till after six. I'm gonna need you to, uh, as a single father with two children, with got no food in the house, and you got to take them to eat dinner sometime. Now I'm gonna need you to bend to my schedule. Show up when I say. Try that on your dentist. 
I've always wondered that. Why can you get off work to go see the dentist when he's open, but when you're going to come up on my time, is oh, no, Pastor, you're going to have to meet me at 730. That's the only thing available for me. Okay, so I do it. And then, then, then folk come in, blah, 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 blah. Well, this is what the Bible says. I, 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 and, you know, my, my kids sitting at home alone, hungry, sitting out in the lobby sleeping, uh, and, and they're like, well, I don't know if I agree with that. Well, why'd you ask? I told you what the Bible said. I didn't ask you to agree with me. And, and then leave, quit the church, go blah, 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 run me down into the ground, uh, just, just trash me, my kids. Uh, and, and, then, and then the very next week, somebody else would be like, hey, pastor, can I, I'm going through some stuff. Can I see you? Yeah, can you come in two, between 2 and 4 on Thursday or Friday? I got some time. Oh, no, you need to see me. I can't get there till 9. And then all I'm thinking in my mind, here we go again. Here we go, another repeat. I'm, I'm going to put everything. I'm going to try to be, I'm going to try to love people. I'm going to try to add brotherly affection to, to my faith. I'm going to go all in for human beings. And, what, and guess what they're going to do to me? Because they're backstabbers. But God didn't say because it's easy. He said make every effort. This, this, this is about taking massive action. Do you realize that me, you, everybody who claims the name of Christ, we got to continue to love each other in spite of each other. I can't stop loving people because I've been done over. If I was going to do that, I wouldn't, wouldn't have met none of y'all. <laughs> I know it can be hard to love people. Some people make it really hard to love them. But God has commanded us, if you really want all that God has for you, if you want to, to partake in the divine nature, if you want blessings, if you want God's promises to be alive in you, if you want peace, grace, anointing, then you're going to have to add this, this sixth piece. That can't just be faith, can't just be love, can't just be holiness, can't just be thinking right, can't just be acting right. you got to love people. Woo! Ain't that the hard part? Georgia Bulldog fans. See? And they got to love Gator fans. They just don't want to admit it. They just ain't doing it. Uh, how's Clemson treating you? Carolina fans got to love Clemson. FSU fans got to love Miami. Yeah. You have to love people. If you don't make it in your mind that you're going to make every effort to love your brothers and sisters in Christ, then you are never going to get God's grace on your life. God has commanded you to make every effort to love your brothers and sisters in Christ. Last thing he says, add two. Love. What, 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 what verse we in? Verse 7. And Add to brotherly affection or supplement brotherly affection with love for everyone. Love for everyone. People, unsaved people. Horrible people. Mean, hateful, murderous, rapist, molesting people. Crazy people. People who hate God. 
Muslim people, Republicans, Democrats. I mean, how far you want to go with this? Your ex who did everything they could to kill you. Love for who? Everyone. Come on, Jeff. Love for everyone. Verse 8 says, the more you grow like this, the more productive and useful you'll be in knowledge of our Lord Jesus Christ. The more you grow like this. This is how you grow so you can be who God wants you to be. Well, I don't want to grow like that. You don't have any other choice. If you're going to grow, you grow like that. The Bible says that, that you only get crowned if you run by the rules of the race. And the more you grow like this, the more productive and useful you'll be. I want this church to be productive. we got to add a lot of things to our faith. I want my life to be useful to God. i got to add a lot of things to my faith. We're not going to fill up seats with these type of messages. But if you love God and you're really ready to take massive action, we're going to talk about some things in 2019 that are going to get you from where you are to where God wants you to be. And this is real Christianity right here. Verse 9, this is for the others. But those who fail to develop in this way, see, you grow in this way or you fail in this way. You either succeed and you grow or you fail in these things. But these are the things that God has put forth. He said, those who fail to develop in this way, they're short-sighted or blind. You know, I mean, we could, you know, paraphrase that with, with blind and stupid, but... Uh, they, they, they either can't see well or they can't see at all. Why? Because they forgot they've been cleansed from their old sins. This is why when you first get saved, you come to church every time the doors are open. This is why when you first get saved, you love the things of God. Because the awareness of cleansing is so prevalent in your mind. I, I can remember when I felt like the whole weight of the world had been lifted off me. And I felt clean and upright before God for the first time in my life. I was willing to charge hell with a water pistol, do anything God wanted me to do. When we stop feeling that way, it is because we have forgot that we have, we forgot how much God did for us when he saved us. Well, I'm just mad at God right now because he ain't gave me that job he promised me. I ain't gave me that promotion. Did he cleanse you from your old sins? Then that ought to be the whole deal for you right there. You Don't forget what God did for you on Calvary. Don't forget the punishment that the Lord took for us on Calvary. Last verse says, so dear brothers and sisters. See, this is only for safe folk. Work hard to prove that you really are among those God has called and chosen work hard take massive action work hard make every effort work hard to prove that you really are among those that God has called and chosen if you're not working hard in these things your calling and salvation is in doubt this is the word of the Lord if you're not working hard in these things you are not proving anything you're not working out your salvation the scripture finishes with this do these things and you'll never stumble you're tired of failing you're tired of coming up short you love God and you want to honor him you love God you want to please him you're tired of falling back on addiction you're tired of falling back on bad habits you're tired of falling back on stuff do these things and you will never stumble make every effort 
to do these seven things. Act right. Learn to know more about God. Control yourself. Patiently endure all trials. Think like God thinks and let it change your attitude. Love your brothers and sisters in Christ and everybody else too. If you will add those seven things to your Christianity, to your faith, if you will add those seven things, then you will not keep falling down. You will not keep failing. You will not keep wondering why Christianity works for other people, but it don't work for you. You will not keep wondering when are you finally going to become that praying man or woman that God put you on this planet to be. If you grow in these things, you'll stop falling down. If you fail in these things, you're blind. You're not seeing things the right way. My prayer for me and for all of us is that we'll see things the right way. And then we will add these seven things to our faith in a massive way. Not just a little bit of morality, not just a little bit of knowing about God, but massive action on these things that God said to add so that we can finally have grace and peace. His nature in us. Move from boring religion to a living, dynamic relationship with God. Some of you can't have that because you're not saved yet. You don't need to walk an aisle, pray a prayer. You don't need to shake my hand. You just need to ask God to save you, and he'll do it. If you're here today and you need God to save you, don't leave this place without seeing me or seeing somebody else. Walk up to anybody and tell them, I, 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 I want to get saved. I want to give my life to Jesus today. And, and, and if, they, if they, somebody walks up to you and you don't know what to do, you bring them to somebody that does. God wants to save everybody in this room. And God wants everybody in this room to add these things to their faith. Pray with me. God, thank you for taking massive action for us. Thank you for your greatness. Thank you for your Holy Spirit. God, I pray that you would let us see clearly how great and how precious your promises are. I pray that you'd let us see clearly that your way is better than our way. I pray that you'd let us see clearly that you have a wonderful plan for us. God, I pray that you'd help me to add these things to my life. Help us to add these things, God, to do our very best, to make every effort to do these things for your glory. In Jesus' name. Thank you for listening to the AOCF Sound Doctrine Podcast. And visit us on the web at aocfnow.org. Your financial support for this ministry allows us to share the gospel around the world. Your support is greatly appreciated. If you would like to give a donation, please go to aocfnow.org. Abundant Life Christian Fellowship Church. Loving God, loving people.